and during some of the toughest times, I have a little piece of paper in my wallet that I keep all the time, even to this moment, uh, of different things that I that mean to me, different sayings that mean a lot to me, uh, things that I strive for, recognizing my responsibility to give back. Reoccurring mantra I got into in college where I would just say, I'm going to break the mold. Two days after my second injury, my dad flew out to Indiana and we drove home. Went right up to my room, slept for a day, and then I woke up the next morning, I spray-painted my wall. No quitting me. I remember, you know, there is no quitting me and I won't, you know, I won't give up. The number one thing you gotta remember is your transferring energy. And whatever energy you got is the energy the viewers are going to have. You are listening to Intentional Performers with Brian Levinson, where we talk with experts of craft about their journey and what they have intentionally done to be their best self. As we talk with them, the hope is that we uncover intentional gems that you can use in your life. Now... Let's kick it over to Brian to introduce this week's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Intentional Performers Podcast. I am Brian Levinson. Excited to have you with us today for another incredible episode. But before we get to today's guest, I'd like to share a bit about myself. So my day job is that I work as an executive coach and a mental performance coach. And I founded a company called Strong Skills. And at Strong Skills, our team is on a mission to change how the world thinks about soft skills. See, we are facilitators and coaches, and we truly believe that labeling competencies like leadership, teamwork, and communication as soft devalues and minimizes the importance of these skills. And one of the strong skills that we teach is what we call shift your mind. And the teachings come from my book, which came out in October of 2020. If you enjoyed today's conversation or any of our past guests, then know you're going to love the book. You can head over to Amazon or anywhere books are sold to purchase, and you can even listen to the audiobook via Audible. Thanks to all of you who have already purchased, and I've been truly overwhelmed by the response the book has gotten so far. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's conversation or any of our previous episodes, we'd love it if you went over to iTunes and wrote us a review. It really helps us expand our reach for the podcast. Thanks to all of you who have already done so, and let's continue to share these intentional performers with the world. Now to today's guest. Joe Alberici is currently the head men's lacrosse coach at Army West Point, and we could just have the conversation on lacrosse, and, and that would be fascinating and how he leads but being an army and, and experiencing West Point, he's going to bring a lot of the leadership principles that exist on that campus. And it is a unique, special place. And he's going to take us behind the curtain as far as what makes army West Point so special. And he's going to talk specifically around captainship and leadership in this conversation. And if Joe sounds familiar to you, he gave a speech that went viral recently about this notion of being a tough guy at life and how important it is to be inclusive 
and to rethink about how we often think about toughness. And when I think about our military and I think about cadets that might go through West Point, we certainly think of them as physically tough. But Joe's going to talk about in this conversation how much he values mental toughness and emotional toughness. And I think you're going to find Joe to be pretty holistically sound. Uh, So we talk about culture, we talk about leadership, and how proud and how fortunate he feels to have the opportunity to coach at Army. And look, Army lacrosse has become a contender. They beat the University of Maryland lacrosse team last year in the NCAA tournament. Maryland had won the national championship the year before. So he is coaching high-level lacrosse players who also have a pride and a determination and a desire to serve our country. So if I think about the type of people that I would want my children to be coached by, I think about Coach Joe. And I think about how he leverages his own faith, how he leverages his own philosophy, his upbringing, and his experience to pour in to the student athletes that he surrounds himself with. So this is a masterclass in humility, in confidence, in belief, and in having values and principles and being led by those. So here's Coach Joe Albarisi. Joe, thanks for coming on the podcast. We originally got connected from Cody Royal, who put together a group that was interested in learning together. And as I before I hit the record button with you, you said to me, I don't know what I'm doing on your podcast. You've had some amazing people on. But if Lars Tiffany, your fellow lacrosse <laughs> brethren, was good enough for me, I guess you are good enough for me. And and it's interesting you brought that up because I hosted a retreat that Lars went to. And Lars at the very beginning basically said, if I don't win a national championship, I'm not invited to this retreat. Um, And so I don't know if it's a lacrosse thing to have some humility or modesty, or it's a coach thing, but what do you do to make sure that you know that you're the right person for the job? Uh, You've got a big job at a university that has eyeballs on it. Uh, What do you do to ensure that, hey, I am the right guy? while still reminding yourself that you're nobody at all. Like how do you balance those two and belief that you're the right man for the job while still understanding that, you know, you're Joe and uh, you're, you're learning like the rest of us. Yeah. Well, I got a couple of uh, great built in things to keep me, uh, keep me humble. One is my wife, Petra. Uh, She lets me know um, uh, and keeps me in line. Um, But I think one of the, one of the wonderful things about West point um, that I've come to embrace is just, the amount of greatness that you're surrounded by. And uh, it certainly keeps you in check. If you think you're doing something special, um, all you have to do is uh, walk out into the cul-de-sac and start talking to, to some some amazing people and, and uh, people who have had uh, in- incredible influences on others. And, and um, you know, it, it, it certainly keeps me humble. And, and, uh, and then I would add to it, the third piece you have is you have it, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to every day work with some of the very best uh, that these, this country has to offer. And, um, you know, uh, they are so impressive. Uh, I just find a lot of a, a great deal of inspiration from them and and need to stay on top of um, of my game, so to speak, um, because I need to serve them. Uh, they deserve the best. And, and uh, um you know, what I try to do is just give them uh, my best and, and have our staff make certain that they're, they're on top of their game so that uh, we can, we can all provide our best for, for uh, some amazing young people. 
Do you ever feel like you don't belong? Oh, yeah, I think that that's a pretty common, common feeling. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Lars earlier. And of course, that's uh, uh, tongue in cheek, you know, Lars is uh, multiple uh, national championships. And, and there's some just amazing uh, coaches that uh, I, I still learn from today. Um, I, I look at a lot of younger coaches um, and, and the way that they go about it, how intentional that they are and what they do. And think of myself, um, you know, as a younger coach, and I'm not sure I measured up to what they were doing at that time. And then certainly, you know, this, this institution, um, you know, there's again, greatness abounds. So uh, it, it's, it's never a situation for me, Brian, where um, I allow that to get to the point of paralyzing me. Um, I think it's just motivating and uh, for me to try and to trying to get better, you know, try to get better every day. You've used the word greatness a couple of times. So I want to double click on that. For me, I once heard a definition around greatness that basically was about the ability to enhance those around you. And that greatness is really seen when someone isn't just executing on their own, but they're actually impacting and influencing and infecting those that they're with to go to a higher level. How do you think about greatness? Yeah, you know, I, I put that uh, really in in um, uh, terms we often use excellence around here and, and you know, excellence, greatness, uh, very similar. I, I look at it as it is something to aspire towards. Um, I'm not sure I know exactly what that is um, um, or that that, you know, clearly I've never achieved it i don't know that a win or a championship you know would would say hey that that is that is exactly it i i look at it as just something to aspire to you know something that's out there that um um others have done or come close to that excellence mark uh that greatness mark and 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 i'm working towards it so um I guess that's how I look at it is more just something to aspire to as opposed to hey, that is a benchmark. Obviously, you're at a institution that's seeped with tradition and has a way of doing things. And if you're going to get to where you want to go, you got to go through these barriers. Can you talk a little bit about how do you balance tradition and doing things the way that they've been done while progressing and changing and um, evolving. And I think our military institutions have had to do that. I think our sports teams have had to do that. I think our universities are doing that as we speak. Uh, so how do you balance the two and, and value tradition while also trying to become innovative? Yeah, I think uh, with with us, our core values of family, toughness, and tradition. So right away, we embrace the tradition. It's, it surrounds this institution, as you mentioned. Uh, it surrounds this program, 106 years of, uh, of amazing uh, lacrosse and incredible, incredible people um, that, that surround it. So it, it's something, again, aspirational, you know, um, uh, uh, I talk to our guys and, 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 we talk about tradition um, as as something. The way we honor the tradition is by building upon it, and you know that's 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 what we're trying to do all the time, building upon it. And 
that doesn't mean for us to do it the way we've always done it. Certainly there's some values, there's ways that uh, from on the field that we believe um, we believe in, um, but um, there's a challenge, you know, consistently within our program, within in individuals, uh, within the coaches to uh, let's find a better way to do it. You know, uh, this has worked, it's been great, but how can, how can we get a little bit better? And, and, you know, that's, that's, um, you know, we find that in a myriad of ways, you know, through uh, books and through, um, you know, podcasts, uh, uh, meeting with other staffs, having other staffs, you know, come watch a practice, uh, talking with other coaches. And and then again, um, the excellence is surrounding us here, you know, with officership and, 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 and now you have amazing leaders in and around and in, in, in adopting what, what they're doing and, and, um, little better ways to do it all the time. So um, I think that uh, we are, we are clearly, um, I don't know that there's many schools out there that have more tradition uh, or traditions uh, than West Point. We embrace it, uh, but, but we certainly um, are always looking for better ways to do it. What are some of the traditions that you love that the university takes part in? Wow. Uh, there's so many of them, um, you know, for, for us, I, I, I go to one of my most favorite, um, moments off of, um, uh, off of the field. Um, well, it actually happened on the field, but non-lacrosse and that that's just graduation. Um, uh, just it's, I remember the very first one that I had went to back in 2006, uh, and the emotion, um, that was that was palpable in the in the stadium, you know, during graduation from the the, the pride uh, of the parents, the families um, for having their sons do something and daughters do something that um, is is difficult to do. Um, the pride uh, that the institution had uh, in in delivering uh, an, another roughly 1000 uh, group of leaders uh, to to our nation. And then clearly the pride the individuals had um, in having done something hard, having chosen a, a path that's a little steeper than, than their uh, uh, counterparts at other institutions and having achieved it. And, and it was uh, just amazing ceremony um, followed up, uh, you know, where, where uh, they received their their bars as second lieutenant. Um, that was a very special day, but there's so many of those, um, you know, the, the, the class ring, um, I don't want to say it was invented, but the tradition started here, all class rings from anywhere um, back in the 1830s. And Ryan is such a neat thing that they've done over maybe the last 15 to 20 years is everybody gets a class ring and they do it on ring weekend. And it leads up, uh, it is in September, excuse me, late August of your senior year, you receive your class ring. Um, but the tradition that they have is uh, former graduates or graduates' families donate their rings back and they put it into a, a, a I guess, a melding pot. Um, so there's flakes of other graduates' rings in your ring. And, and it, it's it's minute, of course, uh, but that idea of the long gray line that you're tied in uh, with some of the 
most amazing people in our history um uh is just it's 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 unlike any other unlike any other and, and such such a cool thing and and those are some of the off off the field traditions that uh, that we have that are are, are quite special what traditions have you built or created with the lacrosse program that, that you're proud of? Well, I think uh, the one that um, probably hits home most is is uh, the day before a ball game. Um, we uh, finish up practice and we circle up and all the guys are on their stomachs in a big circle. And, and, um, and then I'll uh, call out a senior uh, to give a senior speech and um, he comes out into the middle and typically uh, what most of them begin with is I've been thinking about this for four years and uh, geez, I'm getting a little choked up just talking about it. It's just, it's so powerful and uh, so awesome to see what that the experience means to them. Um, and uh uh, how impactful the people in that circle have been been to to them and and uh it's it's uh probably uh, my my most favorite uh there's there's a lot of little things that we do and and um and uh it's it's a lot of them bring smiles to guys faces or humorous and uh, and then and then there's some that are so poignant uh, uh like that one why does that choke you up um yeah i guess i'm a pretty emotional guy to begin with but it's the the magnitude of um this institution the magnitude of the experience brian um you know there's so many important things that you do at the united states military academy there's so many important things um academics you know rigorous uh, there's people who are just at the top of their field instructing these these young men and women. Um, of course, you have the leadership training um, that they're going to utilize uh, and and help them when they go out to be officers uh, in the army. Um, but what I I'm a firm belief of, um, and this would be 18 years of experience here is there's nothing more impactful than their time in our lacrosse family. And I'm not saying more important, uh, you know, again, there's just, a, a, a there's many important things, but there's nothing more impactful. And uh, to be somebody that um, is bringing, helping to bring that impact to them, um, you know, it's just, it is, it's, it's uh, something that I, I, I feel so blessed uh, to be a part of their journey and, and so blessed to uh, be a part of this institution and to be where I am and, and, and to be along their, their side, you know, um, you know, not only for those, the recruiting and the four years, but, you know, uh, for lifetimes. And uh, um, I guess that's probably where that, um, that, that emotion rises up when I think of it. When I think of our military, I think of more stoicism than I do emotion. You said I'm an emotional guy. Uh, how do emo if take us inside, you know, West Point? Uh, 
first of all, is that a misconception that it's more about stoicism than than emotion? Um, and I'm just curious how emotion plays um, inside the hallways, you know, on campus. Uh, how how do you think about emotion? And I would even go underneath that in sports. There's almost this concept that you know athletes should be stoic, and well, certainly I think they can be. I've always loved athletes that have personality and are willing to play with emotions rather than being emotional, but like having some juice to them, some personality to them. And so I'm curious for you how you think about emotion at West Point and then maybe beyond that as a lacrosse coach. Yeah, I would think uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, greatest misconceptions about West Point um, is again that stoicism, you know, sink or swim. Are you good enough? Here's the line. If you are, wonderful. You're going to go on to great things. If you're not, you know, so be it. Uh, so, so much is made of the of the challenges here at West Point. Um, what the untold story, and what I know from experiences everywhere, is there's no place that supports you more than West Point. So at every at every level, Brian, the challenge is, you know, again, it's a steeper slope, but the support system is equal to it. So they're the 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 West Point and the Army in general will never send somebody out to do a job without training, you know, without without incredible support. Um, you know, I, I think of the classroom sizes here. There's never a classroom of more than 19 students ever. You just can't have a classroom of more than 19 students. The the instructors, uh, again, I sound like I'm recruiting here, but I, you know, it's just the truth is, is these instructors, uh, we call it additional instruction AI. Their job is to teach their class. Their next job is to be in their office for additional instruction. So nobody's here is publishing. Nobody's, nobody is um, uh, here um, to do anything other than to teach and to be mentor and to mentor um, uh, the, the cadets. So uh, there, there is just such a nurturing way of West Point at West Point um, that that's more of an untold story. Uh, and, you know, when they accept you to for admission here at West Point, they're not saying that they believe you're good enough to get in. They're telling you they're you're good enough to graduate. And um, it may take some work um, and, and, you know, you have to confront uh, failure. You have to confront, um, you know, some of the things that you're not great at um, and then you work on it, but there'll be people that are right there uh, to do it. And, you know, in addition to the people working with you, just the institution itself, where uh, there's a much more of a team feel here. Um outside of lacrosse, I'm still, I'm still in just the general population. There's a team feel, you know, um, and academics are approached that way. Uh, clearly your leadership training is approached that way. Everybody has different jobs and things that they do. Um, and the reasoning for that here at West Point is that's the way that the army works. You know, uh, the army is a team. And, and so they educate you in that way. Uh, now, when you talk about our program, um, it is, I think it, it, it's probably heightened. Um, it, there's a, uh, vulnerability 
that uh, myself and the staff, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're the first to model um, and, and uh, it goes, it, it permeates through, through the organization, you know, um, you know, I, I think of the very first, first things I'll say to our players um, in the fall and in the spring, in the very first team meeting, uh, I, I, I tell them, number one, I believe in you. That's why you're here. You know, uh, I believe in you. Uh, I'm for you, you know, because I think young people don't always necessarily understand that uh, somebody in quote unquote authority figure um, is for you. You know, like I'm not going to make every decision that is what you love, but in my judgment, it's what's for you. Um, and and then, you know, the third part is I love you. And I just tell the group that and I say that this is this is what I'm going to set out this semester uh, for you to understand, you know, not because I'm going to tell you that a hundred times and, and I will. Um, and your teammates will tell you the same exact thing. I love you. And uh, uh, but it, you'll see it. You'll feel it, uh, feel it in the action, in our actions. So um, it probably runs very contrary to what the outside uh, world would think of how we go about our business. But I, I think it's, uh, um, you know, the the Army lacrosse family is 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 real. And you know, I think if you're going to have a real family, then you have and it starts with real love. And and uh, you know, we express it to one another, and and we're, uh, um, you know got some young tough 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 kids tough young people um that are unafraid to say it and 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 tell each other and tell their coaches and the coaches aren't afraid to say it to them and mostly we just demonstrate it you know or we try to every day Um, we're going to talk about toughness but before we do that i have to go here which is your first graduation in 2006 i wasn't too far away I was at Syracuse University graduating in 2006. And as you were painting the picture earlier about being at that graduation and the meaningfulness of it, I was thinking about myself. I was wearing Birkenstocks, a t-shirt, cap and gown, sure. I had some scruff on my face like I do now. Billy Joel was the commencement speaker. He might have been hungover. I was definitely hungover. And all he was saying is love what you do and do what you love. And he's like, you know, I didn't graduate college. I didn't graduate high school, but I found music. I love what I do. And I've done what I've loved and I've gotten countless degrees (laughs) given to me Mm -hmm. uh, because of music. And I'm thinking about my experience at Syracuse. And it's very different than the experience that people go through at Army or Navy or Citadel or whatever service academy you want to pick. And then I didn't even think about this, but there were the lacrosse kids at Syracuse who you knew, (laughs) you saw around. And God bless those dudes. And I, I think people in the lacrosse community, sort of Syracuse has their own culture and certainly history, an absurd history when it comes to lacrosse. But their experience is very, very different than Syracuse lacrosse player is very different than Army lacrosse player. And I'm not, once again, I love how you said earlier, 
it was like, this is the most impactful thing, not necessarily most important, but most impactful. I'm not taking anything away from any student athlete at any other university. They have to add something to student and that becomes difficult. But specifically army lacrosse, I want to just focus on army lacrosse. They're at West Point. It's really hard to get into that school academically. And there's a lot of hoops you got to go through to get there. And then the lacrosse aspect, and we'll talk about last year at some point, but like, I don't know how many sport programs at Army are competing potentially for a national championship. And you all are on the doorstep, right? Like last year you were right on the doorstep, right? Like it's not inconceivable that you can win a national championship at Army playing lacrosse. And so that was a long-winded way of saying, A, like, how does that magic work where they are dedicated to West Point and to service and academics and the lacrosse team? Like they're adding these ands to their identity in a way that when I was at Syracuse at that same time, like it, for me, it, it just was a very different experience. I'm trying to understand what it's like to be in those shoes and experience the intersections that are occurring for your student athletes and the magnitude and the pressure and the expectations and the standards. It seems like such a high achieving environment that is just very different from what I experienced during my college experience. So can you talk a little bit about the life of an army lacrosse player? Sure. Uh, well, <clears throat> I would tell you, um, our guys, uh, and I used to get this question a lot. I, I, I was an assistant uh, for nine years at, at Duke University. And um, when I first became the head coach here, uh, I had had an experience for two seasons. I was under Jack Emmer as an assistant and then spent spent uh, a nine years down at Duke and, and came back as a head coach. But I used to get asked the question often, like what, you know, what is the difference between, you know, the Duke kids and, and, and the West Point kids? And, and I would say length of hair, because it's really important to know that like, these are still 18 to 22 year old young men that are special in their desire to be special, you know? Um, and, and, and that's what makes them special to do because they're, they're doing this that, that, you know, maybe you and I look at, um, and I know we're not the same age, but you know, like as a little older, like, Oh yeah, that's exactly how you want to be. But that's not always how it falls on, on an 18 year old of, you know, that self-improvement and, 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 and striving for excellence in, in everything that you do. I would also, you know, where our guys are similar, just like everyone else, um, is we tend to gravitate towards, you know, what we love the most. Oftentimes what we love the most is what we do the best. Um, in most cases, um, our guys, what they do best is play lacrosse. Um, and that's where we, you know, as you previously stated, that's how we're, you know, uh, where we are in the lacrosse landscape, uh, because these are outstanding lacrosse players. Um, we have a, 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 a mantra um, here. Uh, our, our mission is, is to become a West Point man, you know, and that was, that was a Bo Schembechler thing. Um, Michigan man and, and, and my coach, Mike Pressler had a, had a Duke man, um, that was what our overarching thing was and and where where I put my spin on it with our guys back in to fall of 2005 is what it meant to be a West Point man. 
And that meant a hundred percent effort, a hundred percent of the time. And what we talk about is in one of our pillars is being unrelenting towards excellence in our relationships on the team, our relationships with our company mates, you know, our, our classmates, um, our, excellent in our or unrelenting towards excellence again that's aspirational right that what like in my mind you know, what is excellence it's like something that we're always trying to reach towards um it's 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 uh being excellent in our relationships with our families you know what does that mean how are we you know, are we calling home enough are we giving time to grandma and grandpa when we're there and we're tired and you know for christmas and all we want to do is lay on the couch so so it's unrelenting towards excellence there it's unrelenting towards excellence as a leader you know and i feel very biased towards my guys because they are they know how to be great teammates so that should make them great teammates and leaders throughout the core um and then academically uh again it's there's challenges here um but if we're really uh set towards excellence it is it is there is a support system to help us reach our greatest potential um so how do we do it all the school is amazing in terms of how it it will delineate for you um you know many much of the military or the leadership piece is done in the summertime so it's not when you're here during the academic year, you know, you're not out doing a ruck march in the morning. Uh, it doesn't, that's not part of your, your training. It's academics and it's lacrosse. Uh, we have uh, um, the academic day is set up like high school. Um, so, uh, you know, you'll go in the morning at 2.50, our guys are finished. So now we can focus in on lacrosse. Such an advantage for our guys um, we have 36 majors, all of the majors, Brian, they can, they can, they can do, um, you know, because it's compatible with chasing a national championship. Um, you know, there's not like, Hey, we get them here. And then like, well, I knew you wanted to be an engineer. Um, but in the labs on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, don't fit our time. So, so the school itself really lends it, you know, sets it up for these guys to, uh, pursue excellence and everything and it and it really is a, a, a huge uh, part it's a it's a pillar of our of our own um, program is to be uh, excellent in all that we do or that's that's what we're striving towards so are we no you know we're listen we're we have our struggles like everybody else um, you know uh, so but it's what it's what we're 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 striving to attain is that that uh, that sort of excellence in, in in everything and relying on one another and relying on um, you know uh, uh, the the ones that have come before us to to help uh, you know show us the way. What's changed since two thousand six at West Point? Yeah, uh, or even in Army Lacrosse. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I think. One of the things that stands out to me uh, around Army Lacrosse uh, is this place has been built on playing hard, and the guys have done that forever. You know, I mean, that is just it, it has been a, a cornerstone of the program. In, in, you know, that you, you can talk to guys who played, you know, in 
in the 70s and 80s and you know they talk about playing against army and you know how it was their least favorite game and that sort of thing and that's something that we've we've tried to um uh you know continue um and, and continue on that tradition where it's a little different is and i think this is just comes a lot from uh understanding but is the amount of time spent on preparing to be excellent you know whether that is in prehab in the training room um we we uh we the 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 additional the additional work we call it thriving in the unrequired um i think that's actually one of your podcasts yes kevin easton that's that's his thing thriving in the unrequired the amount of time at least in 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 the 18 years i'm here that the guys will spend doing that uh, we have an amazing facility that helps them do it we've got state-of-the-art equipment everywhere um we've got an, again an incredible support staff uh but just the amount of hours that are just spent in getting ready for practice um is 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 something that i've watched grow uh i've, I've watched grow um you know at the institution itself um I would tell you that what I define as true leadership is is um, more upfront here. Um, I think at the very end of or very beginning of my time, it was starting to, to come to an end where you know uh, intimidation was part of leadership. Um, it, it's it is inspiration now brian you know it's inspiring um how do i inspire the people beneath me uh or in my charge to uh do to be their very best to to accomplish the mission you know whatever the mission is so um i just see that in the in the institution itself it's a hierarchical place um that's clear you know everybody's got the rank they wear it on their on their uh uh shoulders but it's it's um I just feel it's more more inspirational and and um it's continued to attract incredibly high quality people you know um and that's that's just the the institution itself uh, academically high quality um one of my favorite stats brian uh, not to get off on a tangent but this has held true probably for the last decade 1200 um freshmen come in um and this has been consistent over the last decade is over 800 of them have been varsity team captains at their schools. You know, like it, it's just, to me, that blows my mind, you know, cause they're, 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 they're bright, but they're leaders, you know, and that's not 800 athletes. There's not 800 athletes running around at this institution um, or division one athletes, I should say, but it, it just, it tells you, you know, the, the, the quality of person, the quality of leader, um that uh, this institution is attracting i'm gonna come back to captainship in a little bit but embrace the suck that phrase that mantra 10 years ago i would when i you know was doing a lot in sports psychology like i would show a video of the plebs and you know talking about you know hey we got to embrace the suck as i'm hearing you and i still think embrace the suck is a really cool mantra for certain things but as I'm hearing you, is embrace the suck something that you all say? Is it something you embrace? Is it something the institution still embraces? Or as I'm hearing you say, maybe the changes 
to something maybe aspirational and inspirational, maybe it's, it's something different or like, what is, what does that mantra mean to you? Yeah. I, I think that there's a, there's a part of the institution that, that, that's it, you know, that resiliency, you know, of like, uh, you know, um, I've got this and, you know, it's not going to endure, it's not going to be here forever, but I'm going to endure, you know, I, I think that that's uh, part of, um, any organization that where you're trying to achieve, <laughs> you know, you're trying to achieve something that's worthwhile. Um, I wouldn't talk about that much in our program. I, I just think it's the best part of your day. You know, it's the best part of your day. Like, like I got it. It's also probably the hardest part of your day, but man, it's the best part of your day. You get to show up in this locker room with some of the greatest people that you'll ever know. And and we talk about that consistently. I, I feel like I'm the chief reminding officer of like, hey, let's not wish any of this away because there'll never be another time in their life they'll be surrounded by so many people that love them the way the locker room loves them, um, that will push them the way the locker room will push them or will be for them the way the locker room is for them you know i I don't care what organization you 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 you, they'll they'll join later not everybody's pulling in the direction uh a singular direction the way the way uh the locker room is uh certainly at its best so we i wouldn't talk about that here i i mean i don't i i know how hard it is um i'm not like you know that's not that's not part of it (laughs) but you know to to this is awesome. You get a chance to play lacrosse. You know, they get a chance to do it at, at West Point, you know, like, like there, there is, you know, when, whenever I think they might be feeling sorry for themselves, I try to bring them back to like, like, uh, I had heard this, um, I don't know where, but it, but it was like in 20 years, how much would you pay? You know, 20 years, you're going to be highly successful. You probably, if you fit the profile of, of uh, West Pointers, you know, that go into the civilian world, you'd probably be quite well off um, financially. How much would you pay for this moment? This moment right here with these people, like how much would you, what would that be worth to you in 20 years? You know, when you have all of these other things going on, but to come back to this time with these people, um, how much? And I think it snaps them right back. Like, like, okay, this is hard. This is hard, but boy, you know, this, this is, we're blessed. You know, we're doing some, a sport that um, at the highest level and, and, and uh, it is fun to do. Um, and, and we try to make it fun uh, and, and we try to make it competitive and we, we are, um, you know, playing a sport at the, at what I think is the best institution in the world. Like, I don't, that doesn't suck. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting if I think about my messaging and how I, how I see things, you know, the phrase we can do hard things is similar to embracing the suck, but it's not putting a judgment on the hard things and embrace the suck probably resonated with me at some point in my life. But today when you talk about effort, I just tweeted literally yesterday like effort isn't sexy, but it's essential to living a fulfilling life. Sometimes I think we forget about the basic value of effort. 
effort in relationships, effort in craft, effort in health, effort in learning, effort in living with values. Without effort, it's hard to make an impact. And look, I talk about a lot of other things like vulnerability, communication, empathy. Those are great. And at the end of the day, if my relationships are not giving any effort to our relationship, they're going to die. If I'm not giving effort to my craft, it's going to falter. If I'm not giving effort to my health, I'm going to die. Um, if I'm not giving effort to learning, I'm not going to grow. And if I don't give effort in living my values, I'm not living with integrity. And so I think sometimes we forget the simplistic elements that are essential to have a feeling of fulfillment and to make an impact. And I want to bring this back, which is, I think I was watching Hard Knocks when the New York Jets head coach, Robert Sala said, I don't, we, we've been the team that's hard to play against. We've been the team that nobody wants to play against. And by the way, like I've worked with, you know, Patriot League, wrestling, basketball, soccer, Army and Navy. I know I'm going to put you two together and that's a whole different can of worms, but they're always hard to play against. Like that's, that's the effort is kind of a baseline foundational thing when you go through those academies. I would imagine for you, there's been some sort of emergence here that it's like, hey, not only are we going to play hard, but we're also going to beat the crap out of you on the lacrosse field, not physically, but literally at the score. And that was what Robert Sala, I think it was him. I might be misattributed to him. He was like, I'm done with people saying that you guys play hard. I want them to look up at the score and be like, man, you kicked our ass. Like you just beat us in every phase of the game. And I imagine there's got to be an element where you guys move from, yeah, we're going to be the team that no one wants to play against. And we're going to win a national championship. And there's got to be a leap there or a jump there that it's not just playing hard and with effort and with toughness. It's also like, no, we are the best team and nobody is going to beat us. Like that's a different level of, I call it arrogance, but you could call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I go back to, I'll attribute it to him because uh, it's where I heard it first, but from Tom Coughlin, you know, and I know, I actually know that you, you utilize this too, but, you know, humble enough to prepare, confident enough to perform. And, and there's, and there's that level that we're, we're always uh, grappling with as a coach and setting, you know, uh, setting, setting the tone on it, the tenor of, of, Hey, the humility of this is what we need to do. We are not, going to walk out onto the field and you know blow anybody away just on our abilities that, that that's just not who we are it's not what we're about uh, attention to the details preparations understanding what we have to do um when we have to do it and you know uh and everybody under everybody being on the same page pulling in the same direction um and then the confidence to um go against you know teams that have all of the five-star recruits and the confidence in our preparation or the confidence in our own abilities uh to to go out there and you know we're we're above you know moral victories in in this program like that's not what we're we're showing up to do anywhere against anybody um you know is to is to gain moral victories it's it's to it's to 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 be the better team in those 60 minutes, you know, and it doesn't necessarily matter if we're the better team or not, but all we need to do is be better than them in those 60 minutes. And, you know, really the way we've got to do that is 
I come back to this unrelenting towards excellence, just working on ourselves to improve, to improve, to improve. Um, that gives us the right to, you know, when we're focused on that, that gives us the right to be confident and, and in, in those arenas and, uh, and confident in, in, in the biggest moments. What was it like to beat university of Maryland last year in the NCAA tournament? They're coming for those that don't follow lacrosse, Maryland won the championship the year before. So they're the defending champs. Um, and, and you all beat Maryland. If you're not familiar with Maryland lacrosse also steeped in history, we've talked about university of Virginia. We've talked about Syracuse. We've talked about Maryland lacrosse, especially, um, has, those are like three powerhouse programs seeped in, uh, excellence. Uh, but what was it like? Take us to like the game ends and, and you're with your guys. What's the locker room? Like what will take us there, take us to after beating Maryland and, in, in uh, you know, in the NCAA tournament. Um, well, as you, as you stated, I mean, they, they have been the standard in our sport the past decade. I mean, John Tillman has done a, a fantastic job with that program, um, you know, and it, it's such a rich, rich tradition and coach Adele, uh, in his, his time there, coach Cottle, I mean, they've just, Maryland has been great, but they have been another level the last, the last decade. Um, so, uh, I think, you know, for, for, for us, um, the approach was outstanding. You know, uh, there was a real focus that week of, um, on getting better. You know, we had, we had won the, the Patriot league championship and, you know, beaten a, a, a great Loyola team. Um, and now we were really focused on getting better and we had some injuries that had occurred over the weekend in the tournament. So we were really just trying to get certain guys ready to play, um, and then, you know, what I, I guess I'm most proud of with that, uh, Brian, is just the fact that how they did it, not necessarily the, re, the re, just the results is, you know, we had uh, uh, 16, you know, we scored 16 goals. There was 11 different goal scorers. Um, five of those young men had been on the scout team uh, during the season at some point, you know, that, that sort of persistence and perseverance that those individuals have shown um that their their willingness to prepare like a starter each and every week so that when their moment came um you know they they were there they were ready to play and and you know it was up and down we got off to a great start you know we're feeling great and and you know Maryland comes right back they take the lead um you know we we move out ahead a couple of goals late and then they score and then they pop us on another, I mean, then, you know, they've got a last shot uh, that, that had to be put, you know, put away. So I was just really, um, you know, uh, happy uh, for them um, uh, because I thought they played well enough and, and deserved to win the game. And sometimes you don't win the game in those situations. So I felt really good for them that way. Um, I felt really good for um, our alumni um, just because of the support that they have, uh, always offered the institution, the program, and 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 me, and um, so it was uh, it was a great feeling for the whole Army Lacrosse family, the institution. Um, I, I don't know that I can articulate it better. I, it was just a wonderful feeling, uh, you know, um, on a very personal level. Just my my wife, my daughter, my son, being out on the field, the the embrace afterwards uh, um, with them was just uh is really 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 special moment and and um 
yeah one that that uh is 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 uh one that will stay with me for a long time let's just say that and i think about you specifically so this has to be an amazing moment for you to embrace perhaps some more eyeballs and attention on army lacrosse and i want to go back i think it was like 2019 when you don't strike me as a guy that wants to go viral uh for for (laughs) you're not like posting videos all the time on social media, trying to go viral. But I'm like looking at, uh, you know, my cousin's Instagram one day and she has a son that plays lacrosse and there's coach telling, telling kids at a camp to be a tough guy in life. And I'm curious for you, a, what was that like for, for that video to have its, you know, five minutes of fame or whatever it is. What was that like for you? um personally uh and then and then the second part of that is just the message of uh be a tough guy in life and and the message around that i think there's a reason why it spread like wildfire but the eyeballs of beating maryland or the eyeballs of that video how do, how does that affect you impact you how do you land with that and then let's talk about actually the message of toughness and inclusion and and why that mattered to you yeah, uh, it was, uh, I don't know how many weeks or whatever later, my, my daughter kind of lives a little more in that social media world than I do. And uh, a little bit, a lot more than I do. And uh, she's like that, you know, Instagram, this is like two point something million uh, people have seen this, you know, or some, I don't, uh, yeah, views, I guess, views. So uh, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I was like, I, I, honestly, um I don't ever really think of it as uh, Joe Alvarisi. I know that the the message resonates because it's um, of the institution that I represent. And that's how I've always kind of thought of it. Like, you know, I don't know that anybody, Brian, knows it was Joe Alvarisi. It was like, if they knew it was the army coach, you know, like that's probably what it is. So I, I think that's how I always viewed it. Um, it was, it was, it was, um, what what's really uh special about that and it's something that i have i don't know if it's a decade but it's been pretty close to a decade uh any camp that i speak at anytime i have a young young people to speak to i get deliver the exact same message and and it is about being a tough guy or a tough girl um depending upon you know whom, whom i'm speaking with and that was just really i thought social media as a positive um because uh when i was there in the summer um i had as many parents and people coming up to me uh talking about that video as they did about our season um the letters uh that i received or emails that i received from teachers um and talking about they they've shown that in their classroom uh, principals. I've shown that uh, to our school at an assembly. Um, It was was awesome because um, um, in my mind, you can't argue with that message. And and it's a right message uh, for for not just young people, but for all people. And um, so for it to to spread um, and, you know, the vehicle beyond, you know, the two or 300 kids at a camp that I'm talking to um, was, uh, was really, was really, uh, really awesome, really cool. And, and feel great to um, have the platform that I do 
um, being representing this institution, representing this program to, 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 you know, say words that, that, you know, potentially could resonate with people. And, you know, the, 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 the tough guy, um, it, it, it really, it's a, it's a way of telling young people, um, that their decisions matter. And I don't know, there depends on what you see out there in social media. Most of it is, is, you know, a 50 second clip or something or a minute clip. I mean, it's probably about a, you know, 10 to 15 minute conversation that I have with the young people. And, and, you know, it, it, it begins with the athletic part, being a tough guy or a tough girl in athletics, you know, in lacrosse oftentimes and how that's important. You know, that, that, that's really important to give a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time, not when the coaches are watching or, 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 or just when the coaches are watching, um, you know, that's acknowledging that athletics is a vehicle to how you can do everything. You know, if you love athletics and you do it a certain way, if you're 100 percent, 100 percent of the time, that means you can do it. You can do other things um, in the same manner. And, and from there, that's important. Athletics is very important. It's 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 been meant everything to me in my life. And, and you know, my dad was a football coach like this is what we we did. Athletics was in my my five brother, four brothers and a sister it was athletics. Um but, you know, what's of greater importance is academics and being a, a tough guy or a tough girl in, in, in the academic world. And, and what does that mean? A hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. So if you're capable of an 85, don't settle for an 80 because Johnny got an 82. That's not tough. That's not tough. What's tough is putting down uh, the PlayStation, um, you know, the video games, your phone and putting the extra effort in to to study to to help you become the very best you can be um and then that's of greater importance in the athletics and then you know the third layer that i'll, I'll talk about in toughness is just being a tough tough guy or a tough girl in life and <clears throat> what does that mean you know um i think to me toughness um one of the ways you demonstrate toughness is by being inclusive um we all, I'm, you know, it's much easier to go with people you know and look like you and talk like you and and act like you and you know, and then you go off in your corner with them and you know the rest of the people, you know, like okay, you know, I'm not hurt, hurting them, um, you know, and you feel like that's good enough and you know, but a, a tougher decision is to bring people in. Uh, that don't look like you, um, that, that might not be as athletic as you and, 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 you know, may not have all the things, material things that you do. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is, is that decision to bring them in will make you better. You know, it's not only going to help the other person, it'll make you better. And, you know, so we talk about that, that sort of decision of, 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 um, being inclusive, because it is a decision. Um, and then, you know, really just your decisions in life when nobody's watching, you know, um, and doing the right thing uh, around drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, uh, 
doing the right things just by others. Um, and, you know, it goes into bullying and, and, you know, just that, that part of it, standing up for, for somebody who doesn't have all the things that you have. Um, and, you know, so, so it's, it's, we've, we've, that's, that's the, the crux of the conversation that I try to have. And, and again, I, I'm not sure of the thousands and thousands of kids that I, I have spoken that message to, um, I'm not sure any of them know who Joe Albarisi is. They, they might know who the army lacrosse coach is. So, you know, it kind of goes back to how do I feel about it going viral? I think that's awesome because it's, it's the message that's going viral. It's not really you know, me. Uh, that's, that's going viral or that, you know, the message is what matters. And, and, um, again, I'm thankful to, to have the platform to deliver that. You mentioned that your dad was a high school football coach, uh, the school that he coached at named the field after him. How do you think about legacy? Um, hmm. I, I just want to remember, I want to be remembered as, uh, uh, just, somebody who had a positive impact in the individual's life, you know, uh, wins and championships and, and, and all those things. It's division one lacrosse. So, so it's, it's, um, you get, you got to have some of those things to keep doing what you're doing, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I, I think back, uh, I was a young guy and I remember my dad getting this phone call and it was a guy who, I want to say it was like living in Wyoming or Montana. My dad coached at a smaller school, rural, agricultural, uh, was probably the main employer uh, there um, in, in the school. And, and it was a young man that, that just, uh, you know, called him up and, and just thanked him. I'm sure that's why I'm a coach. Just... Uh, the impact he had. My mom is a is a uh, teacher. I'm sure that's why I I, I coach, um, and um, you know it was uh, it was just I, re I remember him hanging up the phone and telling me who this this guy was, and you know they hadn't spoken maybe since high school, and you know he's he's probably in his mid thirties at the time. I, I'm just guessing I'm piecing some of that together, but that, that, you know, that was a pretty common occurrence and, and continues to be for my dad and, and for my mom, um, you know, that as teachers, as educators, that they've been able to, um, by giving and they gave so much and they volunteer for everything and did everything for, for everybody else. They, they've created a wonderful life for themselves, um, by giving, you know, to others so um that's what i'm trying to do i guess when you get a thank you how does it make you feel uh, i probably could do better with with uh handle those i guess brian i, I mean i'm more of like more like um i, I just try to say <laughs> appreciate it and it's 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 uh it means a lot it means a lot and and but i i that that's that's i guess you know i'm not trying to 
that's not the prerequisite. You know, like, was it in Stoicism, you say, you, you brought it up earlier. It's Marcus Aurelius calls it the third thing. You know, like you do something for somebody and you're sitting there waiting for the third thing. Don't wait for the third thing, the thank you, the appreciation. Just do it because it's right. You know, do it because it's right. And if uh, they appreciate it at that moment, wonderful. If they appreciate it in 10 years, awesome. If they never think of it again, you still did the right thing. And and uh, so I'm trying to, I guess, uh, live live out those words. Yeah, but isn't there something fascinating in that, Joe, where like I'm coaching my son's under nine soccer team. I don't even know anything about soccer. I'm doing the best I can. For my kids, whenever they have a coach, any sport, doesn't matter the sport. At the end, when I'm leaving, I say, go thank coach. Uh, go thank coach. Hey, coach, thanks. Right. Like, especially at that level where it's a volunteer, you know, someone volunteering their time to coach my kids, even if we're paying, it doesn't even matter. Hey, go thank coach. Like that's become a thing for me as a coach. I'm not coaching those kids because I want thank yous, but if I don't get a thank you from the parent throughout the whole year, that's noted. Right. And when I do it is appreciated. Like it is like, man, like I appreciate that. And I don't always take the time to appreciate the appreciation. I don't always take the time to say, wow, you know what? Like, thanks. That means a lot to me that you'd say that it's same. If I host something at my house, it's like, I don't host it because I want to get a thank you for hosting. But when I get a text from someone says, Hey, thanks for hosting. Like that was really nice. You know, like that's, effort, right? Like go back to effort like that. Those are the people I want to have a relationship with is people that give the effort to acknowledge. Uh, I had this like thing that I created recently. I called it the three A's and an effort is underneath these three A's. It's like what leads to great relationships, right? It's appreciation is the first day. Like, Hey, I, like I appreciate that, you know, I, I have them in my life. I'm grateful. The second is acceptance. Like I accept that they're imperfect. I'm imperfect, you know, with our friends, especially ones we know for a long time, like we know their imperfections. Hopefully if we're self-aware, we know some of our imperfections. There has to be some acceptance in a relationship. Then the third is to ask. And that third A of asking to me, I'm not always great at. And it's, it's, it's two part asking. It's one asking, Hey, what do you need from me as a friend? Like, what can I do to be a great friend, a world-class friend to you? Like, if I value friendship, we never ask our friends, hey, what do you need from me? We rarely ask our partner and spouse, right? But there's couples therapy and there's there's work that people do. But like friendships, we don't usually ask someone, hey, what do you need from me to be a great friend? Because some people need a phone call. Some people need a text. Some people need you to show up. Some people need you to have dinner with them once a month. Some people need a phone. Like there, people need different things. And then the last part that ask again, like it goes two ways. I do a really bad job of asking my friends what I need. And I, I just went on a, a riff there because I think, yes, you're not coaching because you want to get a thank you. You're probably not even coaching because you want to get a trophy. But let's not get it twisted. Like those things are part of it as well. Right. And if I'm never getting a thank you or never winning or like 
then it's probably going to be pretty empty as well because there's not the effort or the talent or the value that we need to continue doing the thing. You said something earlier. You say the kids play lacrosse at West Point because they're damn good at it and they love it because they're great at it and they're great at it because they love it probably and those go hand in hand. So I just think the thank you and like the appreciation piece, um, but also the asking and the accepting like those are all pieces to the relationship. And if we don't have appreciation and we're not able to ask, man, oh man, it's good. It's, it's just, it's tough. And so like, I saw how emotional you got when you were telling the story about your dad getting a thank you. And my guess is it's no, that is why we're doing it. We, we do it because we want to be seen and we want to feel appreciated and we want to feel valued and we want to feel like we made some small dent or impact on the people that we are, are serving with and collaborating with like, yeah, let's do it for the thank you. <laughs> like, I mean, like that, that's, that's a part of it, right? Listen, it, I, I'm human, you know, so obviously it, 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 it does, it, it does make you feel good. It validates um, some of the time and effort. I, I, as you were speaking, I was thinking about how, um, I, and again, I'm not commenting about other coaching situations, but you know, how freaking uh, blessed I am here because that is part of the young men that I get to coach. It just, it, it comes pretty natural to them. Um, you know, like you're, you're making a comment on the field to them or a coach, they'll say, thank you. Like, like, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, I probably, I, it's unique. <laughs> it's unique. Um, we have a parents group here that is absolutely incredible i mean like you just that can be a a tougher spot for a lot of a lot of other coaches at the division one level and the support uh, that they have for obviously their sons uh but the other young men in the program and the coaching staff is um wow I mean, again, the word just keeps coming back. Bless the alumni are, you know, so supportive with what's happening and what people are doing. And and obviously, when you win, um, you know that that it it, it comes to the to the to the front a little bit more. But you know, we we haven't we've had some tough seasons, and and I haven't felt that different around those those groups. Um, so it's it's uh. I never want to, I never want to take it for granted, but it is really, really special. Um, you know, what, what, uh, what surrounds the army lacrosse family for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I've worked with an elite high school lacrosse program, you know, top 10 pretty consistently. I'll tell you like the opposite of these things, entitlement, uh, I'll just say with, with entitlement, like that piece goes against gratitude and appreciation and it exists in every sport and it exists in every community and every, every part of our society. And so it's just interesting when we are grateful, it, it, re- it tends to reduce stress, but it also tends to reduce and fight entitlement. Um, and so it, it's just a powerful uh, antidote uh, for us. All right. We're going to start to wind down here. It's interesting, Joe. Um, I tend to have like a lot of questions coming in and I still have questions for you that I'd prepared But even more than that, I have like 10 questions that I came up with while we were talking, which is 
I always say like, it's a good sign of a great conversation when I have a lot of my prepared questions that I haven't gotten to, but not only do I have my prepared questions, I've got like 10 other themes that I want to talk to uh, with you. So before we start recording, he's like, Brian, you might have to carry me a little bit. And I will tell you, like, there was no carrying. And hopefully you felt the same way as you're listening to coach uh, share some of his information. Um, I want to talk about captainship uh, before we close, because that number was staggering to me when you said 800 of the 1200 uh, kids that come in here were a captain in some sport before they came onto our campus at West Point. And um, I, I'm then thinking, okay, for your lacrosse team, uh, it's got to be like almost all of them were probably almost all of them are probably coming from being a captain. So how does that work when you have a team full of captains? Do you assign captains? Uh, how do you think about leadership? How do you think about leaders that are trying to lead leaders? Uh, like some people would say, no, you need followers. You, you, you can't just have a bunch of alphas or you can't just have a bunch of captains. Uh, like, how do you make sense of that when you know you're getting people that are used to leading teams? Yeah, I think first is... Uh making sure that they all understand that they're leaders, even, you know, in the small, amongst the freshman group, um, the plebes, they're, you know, they're, they're still in charge of leading themselves. You know, there, there has to be that element of it. And, and again, it, there's a hierarchical way in the military as, as with more experience uh, typically becomes more responsibilities. Um, and it's not unlike that in our program, our captains, uh, almost always uh, within the senior group. Sometimes uh, we'll have some juniors that are are, are doing that. Coach, how uh, many captains? Uh, how many captains do you have? So we have four uh, this year. So typically we have three, um, three, four uh, size of the team. Um, they the the young men vote for it uh, themselves. Uh, obviously, I'm looking at that and have the ability to to adjust if necessary. But um, that rarely, if ever, has happened. Um, you know, they, they understand what leadership looks like. Um, it's but the not, other people, so if you have four captains and you have, I don't know how many seniors, uh, like 10, what was it? 17. 17. Yeah. So like, what's the, met? like, how do you ensure, are those 13 just so used to being in that environment that they're still going to be them? And uh, like, how does that play? Um, or yeah, like, do you think think you need followers, so to speak, or can you have a team full of captains? There, there there's a saying that uh, I adopted. I think um, my uh, previous head coach, Mike Pressler, used to say it. It's kind of a hockey. It has a little hockey, but we always I always tell the guys, hey, you don't need a C on your chest to be a leader. So, um, in our first captains meeting, um, I want their ideas and input in how they're going to involve their class and how they're going to involve the ju the juniors. How, how are you doing that? Like what's, what's intentional about what you're doing? You know, um, you need the, the idea of being intentional to be included, inclusive to them in the decision-making process of what we're doing, you know, and, and where we're going, the communication part to, to make them aware, Hey, this is the direction, uh, that, that we're, that we are going. So, um, immediately, yes, you're selected captain, but I'm trying to get across to them right away that, that we need everybody, you know, in particular, the couple, the, 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 the two oldest classes and, you know, uh, uh, in my meeting with the senior group, 
um, there's a very consistent message that I've been delivering. It's like, listen, if this thing goes off the rails this year, you know, if this thing goes sideways, um, we're not going to have to, and it's just, it's my coaching staff and the seniors. I said, we're not going to have to look anywhere, anywhere, but this group right here for the reasoning for that. It just won't happen because if in the underclass things are going sideways, that's because you guys haven't included them in it, you know, or you've been, uh, you know, run it like a dictatorship and you're just telling them what to do and you're not, you're not. Um, working for the leave-in, um, you know, it's, it, it is right here. So right away, um, the, 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 the leadership model is, is to be, you know, um, is to bring everybody in. You got to be humble enough to, it doesn't have to have your stamp on it. You know, um, we're, we're all in it. Everybody wants to be a leader. Um, and you, you've got to make sure that, those people are seen and heard and not seen and heard in dissent, you know, or, or at, at that point seen and heard in the process of getting to where we got to get to. And, and that's, that's really where the best leaders um, that I've had in the program that captains, you know, clearly they're, they're ter tremendous models. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very fond of, uh, of this, uh, uh, saying I, I I heard it in church, um, and and uh, it's it's uh, Saint Francis, and it goes, um, preach the gospel every day, and when necessary, use words. I love that. You know, it's like do the right thing. You know, be be the model. You know, be be the model. So uh, that that's where it starts, and then you know from there, having the humility, um, even though you're the most tenured to bring other people in, hear their, listen, listen to what they have to say. It may not be what ends up happening, but at least they feel as though they've had some input in, in our decision, uh, in, in, in the direction in which we're going. So, um, you know, that's just kind of our approach to leadership in there. So we, we do, we want a team full of leaders. Um, um, but part of, part of, uh, being a great leader is you have, you have to be humble and it might not be your idea, uh, but we're all in on it. And, you know, there's, there's no dissent once we, once we've decided this is where we're going. So, um, maybe some broad strokes there, Brian, sorry. Um, but that's, that's, uh, kind of how I look at the captaincy. I think it's a beautiful it's a beautiful place for us to stop. I wrote on my notes preach without words. Uh like I think that is beautiful. Uh so it's a beautiful place for us to to stop. Coach, if people want to learn more about the program, about yourself, where's the best way to stay connected? Um I know you can find his wonderful speech if you just google uh, his name, or like he said, you could even do army lacrosse coach and, uh, you know, toughness or in inclusion. Um, but where's the best place to follow along your journey and also the teams as, as you go at it this yeah, year? Give me a second here. I got to look it up. Um, I've got you on yeah. Twitter. Can you throw that on, out there? Yeah. He's but on like our, Twitter. Our team, um, Twitter, our team Twitter. Like that's what I, I'll know, get your, I'll get your team Twitter too. So uh, he's at army. Yeah, at Army Lax Coach, and then the team Twitter account, 
let's find it here. Power of it's uh army. Hold on. <laughs> Our my sports information director is not happy with me right well, now. Well, we'll get it for them. And then and then uh there's there's the Instagram. They do a wonderful job on Instagram um around Army, Army West Point Lacrosse. It's just uh, it's really good. A lot of good inside looks into into the program and and uh, a great place to um great place to to follow along go army sports let's be honest if you can't find this stuff like i know we do this at the end of every single episode google army lacrosse you'll find them wherever you want to uh i gave you joe's twitter handle but their twitter handle is at army wp underscore men's lax or m lax just google army lacrosse you'll you'll be able to follow along on the journey i'm harder to find because i'm not one of our great institutions. I'm on Twitter at Brian Levinson and LinkedIn's the other place I like to play at Brian Levinson. And you can listen to all these conversations. Coach mentioned Kevin Eastham. Uh, we've had on Lars Tiffany. Uh, we've had on a few others as well. All of them can be listened to at strongskills.co slash podcast. Joe, this was an absolute blast. Excited for you to get after it again this year. Um, and hopefully we can stay connected um, in the future. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Ryan, thank you so much for having me on here. It's just been, uh, it's been great, uh, uh, I guess, hour or so just, uh, um, you know, being with you, listening to you. I've got my three A's. It's all, all written down here. Appreciation, acceptance, ask. And uh, I, I love uh, your podcast. It, it really, I'm not, not saying it because I'm on air, but I am a big fan. And, um, uh, and, and anybody who's interested in, in getting a little better and, and, and learning maybe just a little different way of thinking about things. Um, you're, you're an amazing listen that way. So uh, appreciate for all that you're doing. And and thank you again for, for having me on and giving me this opportunity to, to speak with you. Thanks coach. I'm going to do this. I really appreciate you saying that and see, like it just washes over us when someone compliments <laughs> us, but I will tell you, I really appreciate it. It means a ton. So thanks coach. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to intentional performers with Brian Levinson. Here is this week's episode gem. There's a saying that uh, I adopted. I think um, my uh, previous head coach, Mike Pressler, used to say it. It's kind of a hockey. It has a little hockey, but we always, I always tell the guys, hey, you don't need a C on your chest to be a leader. So um, in our first captain's meeting, um, I want their ideas and input in how they're going to involve their class and how they're going to involve the ju- the juniors. How how are you doing that? Like, what's what's intentional about what you're doing? You know, um, you it, the the idea of being intentional to be included, inclusive to them in the decision making process of what we're doing. You know, and and where we're going, the communication part to to make them aware. Hey, this is the direction uh, that that we're that we are going. 